0: Hello, my name is Lee Shelnut, and I'm the pastor of the Huntersville Associate Reformed Presbyterian Church. That's a mouthful, so we affectionately know of ourselves as HARP. We at HARP welcome you to the podcast of our preaching and teaching ministry. We're grateful that you've joined us. If you're encouraged by what you hear, we'd love to have you subscribe. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we love sharing the glorious good news of the Lord Jesus Christ as we preach and teach through the pages of Holy Scripture. So join us now as we open up God's Word. This is The Invitation you are, turn to Psalm 145, Psalm 145, a song of praise of David. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. The Lord is faithful in all His words and kind in all His works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak the praises of the Lord and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be unto God. Yesterday I had a painful privilege, but a privilege nonetheless. I, I was able to preach at my aunt's funeral. And this was an aunt who's always been. In my memory, I, she's always been there. A lot of my childhood takes place at her home, and, and I have a life filled with memories with her. And now, in what seems like but a breath of days, I am the age I remember her being in my childhood, and she is gone. She's no longer on this side of the veil. And this week, these past weeks of knowing all that she's been going through as my heart's been weighed down. I have needed something to lift me above the fray, above the clamor, above the tumult of of the realities of living in a fallen world. Reality of pain. And I know that you are just like me, that, that you, you have suffered loss or you are in the midst of loss or, or it's on its way or, or you have suffered pain or you are in pain or the next round is on its way. I, I'm, not, I'm not thinking that you're not like me. I think that you are just like me and I think that's why this psalm needs to sink down into us. We need to take it in deeply. Because it lifts us up rightly. And it sets our eyes where they need to be so that we we are those not bogged down in the tumult, but we are those who, like David, well, we go on by faith. This psalm is a full expression of faith. And that's where praise, right praise, begins. And so David is lifted up, and as we come to God in faith, we are those who are lifted up. Yes, yes, our eyes see brick and mortar and windows, but faith, the right eyes with which we see our worship and we see praise, we understand As the writer of Hebrews tells us, that we, as we come to worship, as we come to praise God, we come to Mount Zion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels, and to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus Today as you come to worship as you come to praise though you don't see it with your eyes by faith this is where you come to You gather with all of God's people throughout all of the world throughout all time and you're raised up that cloud of witnesses They're saying to you, don't set your eyes there. Raise them up and look to Christ. And David, David by the Spirit, pins this psalm and it raises us up. When you think of the Psalms, you think of praise. But you may not know this is the only psalm in the entire Psalter called a praise. It's also. Well, it's also an acrostic psalm. It sets out with every verse except one because it doesn't fit in the pattern that he sets out. It's seven verses. You get three groups of seven. And if you toss in the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet, you break that pattern. But all of them except for one are here. And I think there's something to it. That this one being called a psalm of praise and this one being set out as an acrostic is here to teach us the very basics of praise. Well, that's the first things we learn, isn't it, when we begin school? We learn those ABCs, those fundamentals, and that's, that's why we're calling this sermon the ABCs of praise. Not, not your ABCs, but the Hebrew alphabet, the basics of of praise is what David is setting out here. And, and in, this, in this psalm, David begins doing something. He starts a section. He begins here saying, I will extol you. I will praise. And then if you go to the very next psalm, Psalm 146, Psalm 147, Psalm 148, Psalm 149, Psalm 150, David is calling on each of us to join Him in that praise. And the basics of praise then, the the ABCs, if you will, of praise, are that it causes us to be lifted up as as we consider and we determine to praise, as we consider the matter of praise and the aim of praise. It causes us to be lifted up. But we draw on others and they are lifted up. And that's the picture that we will get. We will take up this psalm as it teaches us the the ABCs of praise to God by setting before us the determination, the matter, and aim of praise. Those will be our three points. The determination of praise, the matter of praise, and then the aim of praise. And if you're disappointed that they're not ABCs, I'll give you some A's, B's, and C's. The assertion of praise, the body of praise, and the chief end of praise, if you need ABC. But they're really spelling out the the determination to, the matter of, and the aim of praise. So what's the determination to praise? You you get it there and throughout the entire psalm, really, but, but... You get it in verses 1 and 2, really. And then again in verse 21. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. And then verse 21. My mouth will speak the praises of the Lord and let all flesh bless His holy name. Forever and ever. And here you get it. You get that determination of praise. And you need to note, first of all, that this determination is not not sheer grit. It's faith. It is a determination that is made only by faith. David David isn't grinning and bearing it. He is saying that he understands that God is the greatest good, and so he, by faith, will praise Him. How do I know that it's a matter of faith? How do I know it's a matter of belief? Well, look at how long David says he's going to praise. I will bless your name. Forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. We can understand that one. If, if this is all there is, we can say every day I will bless you. But, but that's not what he says. And praise your name forever and ever. In verse 21, forever and ever. How is it that David is determining to praise God? Well, it's only by faith. Because it's only by faith that he understands that he's going to live beyond the last close of eyelids. Beyond that last, as the hymn says, that cord of death that will be snapped. He understands that this is not all there is. Unbelievers can speak. But they can't speak really of praising God forever. They can't really... They, they often give thanks. They say we ought to be people of gratitude. But they have nothing or no one. whom they ought to give gratitude. Or for what they ought to show gratitude. No, David understands that this is more... There's more to life than what he sees with his eyes. And so he determines that he's going to praise God throughout all of his life. And you understand, don't you, that the course of David's life is marked. It's set out by these verses. Otherwise, how can you explain the Psalter? right? A, a book filled with praise to God. A book about one longing to, for God and reaching out for Him. And the frame of his life is summed up by this so much so that God calls him a man after his own heart. Even though, when I say David, you... You jump to something else more than likely. You think about his sin. But by the grace of God, that sin is done away with so that the course of his life is marked instead by praise. And so David, David is a man who has determined that his life is going to be marked by praise. How, how do you make such a determination? Well, David's been a man marked by great need. Think for a moment back to our Scripture reading. You have two people, don't you? Two people who are desperate. Two people who are in need. And what happens when Christ meets their need? They're filled with praise. They're filled with praise. And they go forward in faith. And so David is a man marked by desperate need. You know the story of his life. You understand all that's been set before him. He's been chased and hunted like a dog by Saul. He has faced giants and bears and lions and all of those things. And David, David through all of it has been delivered and kept and upheld by this one. And so then the course of his life is a life of gratitude for the deliverance that God sets out. I will bless your name forever. And so when we speak about how this psalm has worked out, we recognize that it's speaking of praise in, in a couple of ways. It's speaking of it generally. I will bless your name every day. That's general praise. That's talking about the the life of praise that we have in our everyday life. General praise. Is the determination of your life to, well, count your blessings one by one, count your blessings, see what God has done, count your blessings. You, You know that song? It's usually many blessings, but I was shortening it. But you know the song? Is your life determined by understanding your need and then by faith going forward in praise? Understanding that what you see with your eyes is only part of what God is doing and that He would raise you up. And so that's the general determination that our course of life ought to be determined by praise. And so come back around when we look at the aim of praise. But general, and then particular praise. We ought to be people who give God thanks for particular works. General, particular praise that we think of His blessings in our life. You woke up. You're here. You're still here, even now. You you get it. There are particular blessings that He gives to us. And then, not only individually, but corporately. This is your highest worship and praise to God. That's what Psalm 100 is going to tell you. That gathering, that coming into His courts with praise as His people is your highest praise. It's the height. And so many times in our lives we want to know what we can do for God, what it is that He wants us to do, when what we ought to do is simply to resolve to praise Him. Individually and corporately. And out of that will flow a life of greater gratitude and greater understanding of blessing. Because here's the reality of it all you are always worshiping something, you are either worshiping and serving the creature or worshiping and serving the creator. And David is at pains to tell you and to tell me that we need, with intentionality, to be people who praise the Lord. We ought to be people who intentionally do it because you don't drift into holiness, D.A. Carson would say. You intentionally pursue it, just like in your life, in those moments of deep despair. You must intentionally turn your eyes to Jesus and cry out to Him. And just like with Jairus and with that woman, He's there. And He reaches out and He puts His hand on you. Or He comes with you or He heals you. And so we must be about it intentionally or we will unintentionally, well, be idolaters. You know the famous saying that Calvin makes? We all quoted. it, it's been put on t-shirts and bumper stickers and so on, but, but it's really getting at the heart of the matter. Is that, well, the heart is a perpetual factory of idols. And if we're not intentionally about praising God in faith, we will unintentionally be praising something else. And so we see David's determination of praise. That he is going to praise the Creator. He's going to praise this God. Which brings us to our second point. What is the matter of our praise? Or the body, the fullness of our praise? Well, it's it's a couple of things. It's God Himself and His works. We praise God Himself for Himself. And we praise Him. For His works. How do I know that we begin with praising God for who He is in Himself? David does. I will extol you, my God and King. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord. Right there at the beginning of the psalm, He's going to set out for us the matter of praise. What's our praise to be directed to and toward and from God Himself? Who is this God? I will extol you, my God. This is the common name for God. It's the name used for false gods too, Elohim. But when it's used of our God, it is speaking of Him as He is in Himself, in His raw power. It's the Word of God, the name of His power, that He is over all. It's Him in His omnipresence. It's Him in His omniscience. It's Him in His omnipotence. He is over all. And David says, I will come to you, O God, who is over all. There is none greater, and I will come to you. And he's determined to praise this one who is set out for us in the very word that we have. It's the one that we see with our natural eye as well as we look into his creation. It's the one who reveals himself to be powerful and the God who is there. And there are those who see it and they, instead of worshiping the creator, worship and serve the creature. This God all men know, they will answer to. And He's king over all. That's the next thing David says. So you turn this this beautiful picture. It's like a diamond who God is. He says He is over all. He's the sovereign, omnipotent one. But He is king. And you turn it and you look through that diamond at a different angle. And you get a different view. And what do you see? He's king what do you know about kings? Well, they have a kingdom. And our king is over all kings. And his kingdom, as he's going to say in verse 11 and 12 and 13, is over all kingdoms. It has a glorious splendor. It is an everlasting kingdom. David's kingdom itself would be divided and torn just after his death. But our king's kingdom is forever. His dominion is over all and it is forever. And so what do we do in order to praise this King? We swear allegiance to Him. I will extol You, my God and King. And I will bless Your name forever and ever. Take no other name on your lips for praise. Take no other in your heart to adore this one your King. And He is over all. He will provide. He will meet your needs. He will sustain. He will protect. He will rule over you. And then you get that covenant name. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is Jehovah. this name This name, you know, is the name by which He reveals Himself in His saving power. This is the name by which He he sets out the glorious plan of redemption. It's the name by which He condescends to us in great mercy. And so in our praise, our hearts must be filled with the thoughts of God as He comes to us and reveals Himself to us as not only God overall, not only King but as Redeemer. the Psalm's going to go on and talk about His works. And they're primarily, as you read it, the works of His redemption. Yes, there's some of His general works that are there, but it's primarily about His redemption. And if, if anything else in your heart and mind ought to raise you up to praise, it ought to be to know That God Himself redeems you to Himself. And then when we come to the table, you ought to see the redemption. The extent to which He was willing to go. That He gave up His Son. And He did not hold back. But He gave Him up for us that we might declare His praise forever and ever. And so He reveals Himself by that name and we praise Him as He is in Himself. We can know Him and we can trust Him. He opens Himself up to us. And then, as we look in His world and in His word, we understand that we praise Him for His works. Verse 15 and 16. This is all the world looking to Him. All of the world. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food And you open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. His general works. All things come from Him and He sustains all of His creation. Jesus would say it this way, wouldn't He? He says, He makes the sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. He makes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. He gives good things to all. And He does so. In a glorious way. And so we get in these verses the way that God deals with all of His creation. He does it in a beautiful way. In a glorious way, He, he sustains His creation. And so then in verse 20, we are assured that, that all that He does, even these things are done to a righteous end. The the Lord preserves all who love Him, but... All the wicked he will destroy. And and if you're not careful, you'll fall into the trap of internet warriors and internet theologians who, who just like to do battle and make themselves seem right, and they'll say, see right there, God's been waiting all along to just destroy the wicked. That's not the picture. That's not what the psalmist is saying. He's not sitting there longing to do it. No, the the Scripture says that He takes no delight in the death of the wicked. No, no, He gives good things and they worship and serve the creature rather than the Creator and they store up for themselves wrath for the day of destruction. Because in His good works they deny Him. And so His general works are there. Glorious for us to behold. We look at them and we see Him through them. And we understand and we interpret it by faith. And the unbeliever looks at them and they, they say it can't be God because there is no God and I hate Him. And they interpret it in unbelief. And so we praise Him for His works we see his general works but what is his what is his well specific work that we praise him for we praise him for his mercy overwhelmingly in this psalm set out for us in his works is his mercy to his people you get it don't you in beginning in verse well all the way at the beginning but but beginning in verse 7 through 14 particularly, we, we speak of the might of his awesome deeds in verse 6. And we will declare his greatness. And And his works shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord." And your saints shall bless your name. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom. And tell of your power to make known to the children of men your mighty deeds. And the glorious splendor of your kingdom. And you get mercy. You get mercy. The watching world sees it as nothing as judgment. What do you think the people of Egypt thought As the children of Israel went out in mercy, they saw nothing but judgment. They misinterpreted it. They were unbelieving. They didn't paint their lentils. They didn't go up and out. And to them it was judgment. But to those who know Him, we know His mercy. We know His glorious redemption that He sets out before us. And so we look to Him. And the beauty of his mercy. And so it's not not anything less than who God is and what he does. That ought to be the object of our praise. We praise him for who he is. And what he has done. And why do we praise him? Well that brings us to the aim of our praise. Or you can get a hint here where we're going. The chief end. Of our praise. You know that language. You're good Presbyterians. You know we have a catechism. That begins with that very question. What is the chief end of man? Man's chief end is to glorify God. And to enjoy Him forever. What's the aim of your praise? Why do you recount His his person and His work? Why do you determine to praise Him? It's not so that you can... No, you can sit above here. No, it's so that you can look beyond and you can enjoy Him forever. You glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. Isn't that what David says? Again, this is all a psalm of faith. David says, I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. And then he says of those who hear his praise, those who hear him, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts On the glorious splendor of your majesty and your wondrous works, I will meditate. They shall speak with the might of your awesome deeds and declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness. Do you get the picture? The aim of praise is that we might glorify God for who He is and what He has done and enjoy Him forever and that as we lift up His name in our private life, in our corporate worship, in our personal devotion, as we do that, others will be drawn in. And they too will glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. Because the aim of praise is that others will praise. Because the reality is that those who do not praise Him now, who do not bend their knee to Him now, who do not long for Him now, they will have His glory upon them, not in them. And they will bend the knee unwillingly at the last day. And so the aim of our praise is that we might draw near to Him and love Him more. That others will see our praise and they will draw near to him and love him more. We don't come to worship for what we can get out of it. No, we come to worship that we might draw near to him and love him more. And in so doing, we see what we get out of it. We see even more greatly the blessings that He pours out, the grace that He pours out, the mercy that He sets upon us. And so what are the ABCs of praise that this psalm teaches us? Well, it teaches us to determine to praise Him. It teaches us to praise Him for who He is and what He has done. And it teaches us to long for His glory in our own life, and in the life of others. Let's go to him in prayer. Almighty God, we pray that you will indeed lift us above the pain and toil and struggle of this world, and that you will give to us an ever-growing, ever-increasing praise, that we will see you for who you are in your creation That we will hear about you and learn of you in your word. And that we will see your glorious works, your general works, and your works of mercy. And we will be changed. And we will praise you. And this world will be changed. And your glory will cover this earth as the waters cover the sea. Do this we ask in Christ's name. Amen.